Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Good Soil Podcast, where the Word of God meets ears, minds, and hearts, and by His grace grows a great harvest. I'm Aaron Fesenmeyer, pastor of York Evangelical Free Church, right here at the crossroads of the Midwest, York, Nebraska. I am grateful that you have joined me today. If you tuned in last time, our last episode, I went over the first letter of Peter, and today we are wrapping up the Petrine epistles. Sounds very scholarly, doesn't it? With the second and final letter of Peter. So welcome to 2 Peter. This letter was very likely written as Peter's life was nearing its end, and he sees it coming. So he, this fisherman-made Holy Spirit-filled apostle, writes with some urgency on a few matters that the church, and that is the whole church, not necessarily a specific local church, matters that the church needs to keep their heads in the faith about. It seems like almost every book in the Bible is dealing with some form of false teaching, some lie that is threatening the church's fidelity to the scripture, to the gospel, to the Lord Jesus Christ, and to one another. And this one is no exception. So why is Peter writing? He writes to exhort his readers to stand in the transforming grace and truth of, yep, you got it, the gospel, even in the face of false teaching. As he writes in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, the church must be, quote, diligent to be found by Christ without spot or blemish and at peace. And Peter would have them do this as the first generation of the disciples begins to pass on and pass the baton to the next. The gospel is the cure for the lie and the immorality of heresy coming from such false teachers. So how do they do this? How do they remain in the transforming grace and truth of the gospel? Peter tells them, and he tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 21, to heed the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention to as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now there's some profound truth in there of the doctrine of the Holy Scripture, but this is where our ground is in the word of God that points us to the real Jesus Christ. And remaining in it, we can hold fast to the end. And the end, by the way, is a big theme in 2 Peter. Given the scriptures that the church has received, the church is to stand firm in the hopeful expectation of Christ's return and judgment. Peter warns of scoffing talk that questions the Lord's delay and repeats Christ's instruction that the day of the Lord will come like a thief. So, he says, for example, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 11 through 12, What sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God? He highlights that this time, this day of the Lord, will be like that of Noah. So there's a lot of 
tiebacks to the Old Testament. So pay attention to that. It'll be like that of the day of Noah. And God had promised and is keeping his promise never again to flood the entire world with water. But in the last day, he will flood it with a judgment of fire that will remake the heavens and the earth. You can see that in chapter 3. But for those who believe, this is part of our hope. And we need to remember these things. We might do really well to ask this question. Why is the Bible so long if the gospel is so simple? Have you ever wondered that? Well, there's more to the Bible than, than just the good news, although the good news covers all of it. But Peter's response to that question would probably be what he says, to stir you up by way of reminder. See, though the gospel is simple, so simple, our memories and lives require constant reinforcement of the truth as part of our shaping into Christ-likeness. One of Peter's primary means of ensuring gospel faithfulness among the believers to whom he is writing is encouraging their and our memory. He says in chapter 1, verses 12 through 13, I intend always to remind you and then to stir you up by way of reminder. And he says in chapter 3, verses 1 through 2, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember. He calls them to remember the truth of the gospel the prophecies and promises of God. He calls them to remember to live a life consistent with their professed faith and remember in hopeful expectation of God's fulfillment of his promises through Christ's return and the remaking of the heavens and the earth. He even cautions against forgetfulness, which is a trait not of the believer, but of the false teacher of what they profess and how they live as if they've forgotten any and everything that God has said. Instead, we're to remember, and Peter encourages diligence in the things of God. So, as we get ready to read this letter, let us be stirred up by way of reminder. When we read this, help. let us remember. Let's keep the grace and truth of the gospel front and center. So as we start this book, let me pray for us as we receive God's word in this letter, the second letter and final letter of Peter. Father in heaven, help us to remember your word. Help us to remember your promise of the Lord Jesus' return and help us to live in holiness as we prepare for that day. Guide us by your Holy Spirit and impress upon our hearts and minds what we need to remember. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Good Soil Podcast. I'm enjoying reading the Bible with you. Let me encourage you to keep reading, to persevere and remember these things. His voice is worth hearing. Until I talk with you next, may God reap a great harvest in our midst as his word grows in good soil.